In this episode of Your Wellness, things get personal. One of my former guests, Stephanie Staples, returns to hijack my podcast to put me in the hot seat and interview me. As strange as it felt to be interviewed on my own podcast, I'm grateful to have had the opportunity to share why I became a wellness coach, motivational speaker, and founder of a corporate wellness company. You will hear some of my secrets and perhaps become inspired to live out your dreams, even if you're not sure it's possible. All that and more on your wellness. Hi, and welcome to Your Wellness. I'm wellness coach Lisa Lounsbury, and I have a, a special guest that is a returning guest. Her name is Stephanie Staples. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Oh, fun, fun. Now, Stephanie is a psychosocial wellness expert, and she speaks all over the, the country, maybe all over the world. How far have you gone? You've traveled far uh, yeah, Dubai was the furthest I've, I've gone to speak Very back in the cool. day when we used to speak in person. Very <laughs> cool. Now, Stephanie and I actually, uh, I interviewed Stephanie in my previous podcast where I I was interviewing her and Stephanie was, was sharing her, her expertise. And we were talking a little bit about her story and uh, we decided to have Stephanie back because Stephanie did something to me while we were chatting in our last podcast. So I'm going to, I'm going to pass the floor on to you, Stephanie. Ooh, goody. So at the end of our conversation, which was a delightful conversation and I thought, and I really appreciated your, your interview. Um, But one of the things that I love to offer people who, interview me is to kind of hijack their show and interview them back. So I made you this offer because I think, you know, you have a lot of loyal listeners and people that they tune in because they like you. You're the constant in the show. There's different guests every week, but they tune in for you. But then they often don't, well, they don't get to hear a lot about you or who you are. You don't get to be interviewed. So I would like to hijack your show and let your listeners know a little bit more about you and behind the scenes and such. And how did you feel when I threw that out to you, Lisa? Well, Stephanie, it it felt like a hijack. I really didn't expect that at the end (laughs) of the interview. And it was, it was just kind of a unique um, proposal because I, I don't talk about myself very often, especially on my podcast. So I'm like, let's do this. Maybe there are some people out there who are interested in hearing my story or a little bit about what I do or why I do what I do. So I appreciate, um, I appreciate this time you're giving me back. So one of the things I think is really interesting is like, of course, people are interested and want to hear you speak in as part of your business as well. They pay you money to get up on a stage or get behind, you know, the microphone of virtually or, or in person, people want to hear what you have to say. But the other thing I think is really important for people like us and even if you think about a photographer, they're always taking pictures of other people. But if you ask the photographer, hey, can I take a picture of you? Oftentimes the photographer's like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, I don't want to do that. But you and I, as we'll put air quotes, motivational speakers, we're always asking people to do different things, to step out of their comfort zone, to try different, to whatever. So that's kind of what we're doing here, right? It's like, oh, you're not used to this, but, but this is good. This is every day you're asking people to do something different, whether it's physically, spiritually, intellectually, socially, whichever. So today you're doing something different too. Absolutely. And I'm game for it. So. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. So let's have a little bit of the backstory. So you didn't just arrive at this place that uh, you speak at conferences and you're the energizer bunny and you're all, all these things that you do. Give us a little bit of the backstory, how you got to this point. 
Well, my background started as a competitive dancer. So I've always been very interested in movement and being healthy and being active. And that competitive dance um, part of my, my childhood just extended into my adulthood where I became a dance teacher. And then I entered the corporate world and was sitting at a desk, you know, on a computer flopping through some papers. And it was really difficult to, to sit in the, in the corporate world and just being still. And I realized I need to continue to do what I love to do. So I, I, I continue to dance, but then I morphed more into the, the, the physical side of it, where it was more like personal training and physical fitness and working towards a triathlon that I was invited to compete in during the 1990 Albertville Olympics. And that's when I started to get a little more physical. I started transitioning from as a dancer to a more uh, physical, um, not quite an athlete, I wouldn't say, but uh, more into a training where I'm training differently and moving my body differently. And then I just got passionate about sharing that, um, that excitement of moving your body and strengthening, strengthening your body with other people. So I started to get more certifications and started working with people one-on-one. So, I mean, you are, this is such a timely topic, right? Especially now post COVID, blah, blah, blah. And when people are sitting at their desks all the time and we need that me- our mental health to be, you know, um, top of mind. So what a timely topic you had, but even before it was what the cool kids were talking about or, or that sort of thing. What do you find is the biggest, I don't know, maybe resistance of people? Like, of course, we all know this is good for us. We all know what we're supposed to do. Like, what's the difference between, you know, we can just spew off what people should do in air quotes again. Um, yeah. What kind of resistance are you finding? I've, I've been getting resistance for, since I started um, influencing other people to move their bodies. And I don't know, I, I, I'm, sometimes I'm not sure where the resistance comes from because once people do start to move, once they do start to join in in this movement, movement, they feel better. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a little bit of fear, a little bit of this is what I'm used to, this is different. And uh, they, they're not finding, they're not making the time to make it a priority. I have other things that I need to do that are more important. That they think are more important. Mm-hmm. Moving my body just doesn't seem to be as important as all of my other responsibility as a parent or whatever roles they're filling until they actually physically feel the effects of movement and taking care of their bodies. And that's when I started to see the rewards of my efforts. When people start coming back to me and saying, you know, I feel so much better. I'm so much happier and thank you. And then I, I, I started to develop more, um, more need to like, let's talk about nutrition. Let's talk about sleep. Let's talk about mental health. Mm-hmm. And so it's just been evolving over the years. Cause I know people appreciate it, but not everybody is prepared to start or know where to start, or maybe they're afraid to start or too busy to start. There's always something. Yes. Do you agree sometimes you know, we look at other people and we think, oh, well, it's easy. It's easy for you. I mean, you used to be a dancer and you used to like, oh, it's always easier for other people, right? When we're kind of judging. And is there something, do you have like a, a secret, you know, a secret uh, tip or a secret, a magic wand? Or how do you get people kind of over that precipice to go, okay, I'm today's the day and your business, right? New day, new day wellness. Like, how do you convince them? This is a new day. Let's do it. <laughs> well, there's, there's two, there's two stories, but, um, 
my flagship workshop that I started when I started my company almost 10 years ago, when I started New Day Wellness about 10 years ago, I had to figure out how am I going to inspire people to, to want to do what I'm in, what I'm suggesting. How do I get people to listen to what I'm saying? Because I do get that, that response. Well, you know, it's easy for you. Well, it's not easy. It's a commitment. And I've made it a priority. So I started to create a workshop called Make Wellness a Priority. And when we started to make it more of a psychological experiment or a psychological ex, um, exercise and linking it to what's important to you, instead of making it all about exercising or eating healthy, which is not very sexy, we, I want people to link psychologically what's important to you. And so that kind of inspires people to want to be healthy. Oh, because I want to be a good parent. I want to retire and have my health. I want to be able to travel. And what's, what's key, what's, what are your priorities? And then link that to your own health. And that seems mm-hmm. to work. Crawl, crawling around with the grandkids on the floor. Absolutely. Right? Exactly. Like yeah. uh, often um, you'll see people age or retire but they, because they haven't taken care of their health, they no longer can enjoy those wonderful experiences of being a grandparent mm-hmm. or traveling. So when you make it a priority, like you make everything else a priority, it just seems to happen more organically. And so when I, I stopped talking about exercise, and I stopped talking about eating healthy for a long while, because I want people to just organically figure this out on their own once they've decided to make it a priority. And that's kind of the coach approach, right? Like believing that people inherently know what to do. Sometimes they just need a little direction in direction, a little inspiration, a little, sometimes, sometimes you need a pat pat on the back. Sometimes you need a kick in them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. People People need different things. And you're right. For the most part, people know how to be healthy. They know what's required. They just need something to, to kick them in the pants naturally or without having someone always telling them what to do. And so that's always been my message. And I continue to use that as my message. And it might appear to be easy for me, but I've, I work at it every day and I slip up as well. And I, and I cheat as well. And I hurt some days and don't feel like exercising as well. But, but as a whole, like that 80-20 rule. Mm-hmm. The majority of the time I am putting healthy food in my body and making sleep a priority and exercising because I love it. So we're all allowed to give ourselves those little breaks once in a while. Mm-hmm. And you're lucky. I mean, that you love exercise. Not everybody does love exercise. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can call it something different so that mm-hmm. it's not called exercise. If that's not what you love, you know, call it a walk. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We can, tra- we can train our brain. So I, I want to just go back to a word that you said, um, that, or that you kind of didn't say, well, you said the word athlete, like that you are not an athlete. So I'm just curious about like owning that word. Like what is an, what is an athlete? Okay, well, it's Olympic time right now. Obviously those are, you know, though we're watching those athletes. I'm just curious about that word. Well, if I, I, I don't want my listeners to think that I was actually in the Olympics in 1990 in Albertville, because I mentioned that <laughs> at the top of the interview, I was involved in a pre-Olympic triathlon, which was uh, sponsored by a very large company that was um, sponsoring the Olympics. So I was invited to be part of a Canadian team as amateur athletes, I guess. And so okay. that kind of if I compare myself to an athlete that I watch on TV right now at the Olympics, I'm like, okay, I'm nowhere near that level, but I guess I can still consider myself an athlete to some degree. I I just haven't owned up to that 
is it, am I an athlete? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So I'm just looked that up while we're talking because now you got me curious about this. An athlete is a person who competes in one or more sports that involve physical strength, speed, or endurance. So I feel like that a lot hmm. of us can be athletes, right? Like it doesn't say you have to be earning money to do that. It doesn't have to say you have to be in the top 3%. If I'm just wondering, you know, if you play the guitar, if you're not paid for that, are you a musician? Like, can hmm. you, I, I guess, can you own that word? And I think yeah. it might be, maybe, maybe a lot of us could own the word athlete, even if we're not, you know, going to be a competitive whatever, whatever. Yeah, I Anyways, think so. I th yeah, I think that's possible. And I compete as a, as a dancer, as a competitive tap dancer with my adult group. And um, how fun is that? Okay. How fun is that? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's the best part of my, my day when I get to tap dance and I've been doing it my entire life and returning to it about 10 years ago was, was extraordinary. I got to return to my roots and my, my childhood passion and re and, and, return to my the studio that I grew up in and the friends that I grew up with and collectively doing something that only a, a handful of us enjoy as much as we do so yeah I, I continue to tap dance as an adult and I love being on stage obviously love the applause I love the attention but it's the mm -hmm. it's, it's just it brings back the passion that I had as a child and I always in, inspire or try to encourage others to think back to what made you happy as a child and bring it back into your life even if you well, don't think you're good at a, it isn't that an exquisite part of wellness as well and how we could just hear in your voice that extraordinary part of your childhood that got to come back so i would encourage you know the listeners whatever it is that that makes you feel that way whether you went to tap dancing or you already thought oh i've always wanted to tap dance whatever it is you know what a what an important part of wellness that way you get you get physical you get physical movement you get social social wellness you get intellectual because you're trying to remember your moves and all that kind of um you you're social there's so many components there absolutely and it does work all those those parts and i remember the very first time i was prepared to uh return to the stage the lights were off actually the lights were shining and they introduced our group and the first thing we had to do in that routine was bring our arm out into the audience and just kind of wiggle our arms outside of the curtain mm -hmm. And I remember standing behind that curtain, waving my arm into the stage and thinking, what am I doing? What have I done? I'm going to embarrass myself. In the next three minutes, I'm going to embarrass myself. And as soon as that music turned on and my face hit the, the audience, I was back to a child when I was a child competing. Aww. Like it just came back. And, you know, it was the happiest time. I was so proud of myself for stepping out of my comfort zone and returning to what I loved as a child. So I encourage that for anybody for to bring, bring it back, whatever it was. Absolutely. 100%. So many different kinds of wellness to consider. Um, how about, uh, we're getting through this COVID business right now, as we, as we talk some COVID wins for you. <laughs> COVID wins. Well, there's, there's been a few, one is being able to deliver my message of mental health and wellness virtually, um, being able to reach a wider audience, being able to continue to do what I love, even when the world had shut down, you and I both had to pivot our business as public speakers and wellness educators. And so I'm, I'm grateful for the internet. I know there's been some, you know, some negative effects to being online so much, but it really has allowed me to pivot and still do what I love to do and still reach those that 
will benefit from what mm-hmm. I have to what I have to share. So that's been one. And I've been able to travel to another, you know, to Central America to continue to work, enjoy the heat and the beauty of the Costa Rica and still be able to work. And so that's been another blessing that I don't think I'd ever take advantage of a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And then, you. and the third blessing, which I hear from many, many people is just having more time with my family, mm-hmm. quality time. Mm-hmm. Well, and even you, know, what you, all those are great. Your, your, a couple months that you spent in Costa Rica. I did. It was a little over yeah. two, little over and two I, months. And again, I, other people might look and say, oh, it must be nice. And it's easy for you. And, but it was very purposeful, deliberate, mm-hmm. deliberate, intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to give things up to, you know, to get something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so what kind of advice thoughts would you say around somebody who worth thinking it might be nice and actually would be willing to put some effort into making something like that happen? Well, I'm not one to take chances and to step out of my comfort zone like I did with that decision to leave the country for a few months. But I, I think it came with, um, you know, seizing the opportunity. It's all about timing and, and taking a chance and trusting that um, things will work out if you plan well enough. So I, I, took, I, I, I took a chance at the opportunity because we were working virtually. The timing was great because I, I didn't have children that I needed to worry about. I, I could leave the country alone and know uh, without mm-hmm. them. And I know they'd be okay. And, and then trusting that um, this was going to be okay. And those, those components kind of fell into place. And um, I'm proud of myself for taking that leap of faith and trusting that this is going to work out. And what was the worst that could happen? Yes. You said yes. And I said, yes. And I'm so glad I did. And like, I, I realize that's not everybody's um, everybody has that opportunity, but that was what I, that was what I need. I wanted to do. And I mm-hmm. think other people can maybe take a piece of that and find the opportunity, whatever that looks like and find the timing and then, and then trusting that this could possibly work out. I was going to ask you what, what quality about you might surprise your listeners, but I feel like you did just surprise me right now when you said, oh, that you don't like kind of stepping out of your comfort zone or would that surprise me a little bit, but is there something else that pops into your mind that might surprise folks? Well, I've been told I am the most fearful, fearless person around. So I, I display a lot of fearlessness but in the background, it comes with a lot of fear. So there, those two are kind of um, fighting each other. So I work, I work around the boat. I work around them both. And I think I have those two traits to keep me safe and to keep me um, open to exploring new things. And they come crashing, mm-hmm. crashing together sometimes. Interesting. I've never heard those two words put together. So then I'm going to ask you one tip that you would give other people who are fearful. I like everything we do in life. That's scary or new, like becoming a parent, starting a new job, going on vacation for the first time, you know, going on your first date. They're always scary at first. And if it's it's an unknown, if you've never done it before, you don't know what you're capable of doing. And then you look back and going, oh, wasn't as scary or wasn't as difficult as I thought. So you have to really trust your own capabilities and your own resilience 
or your, you know, your own strengths. Cause you always surprise yourself. My kids always surprise me when they do things, you know, that I didn't expect. And I'm surprising myself still as an adult, uh, that I still have things that I, I I'm going to be able to do. So you never know. I'm sure you will continue to surprise yourself. I'm cognizant of the time that goes by so quickly, but if you could only tell people one thing, what would that one thing be? Make wellness a priority. There's nothing, Amen. nothing else, nothing else matters. Amen. Amen. Back to you, Lisa. Well, thank you. And welcome back to your wellness with Lisa Lonsbury. Thanks, Stephanie. That was, uh, that was fun to do. And uh, I love talking about what I'm so passionate about. So I'm glad you invited me to, um, to hijack my show. And uh, I look forward to watching you, you know, do what you do on the West Coast. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show again. Yeah, my pleasure. Oh,